Alright, episode number four of the podcast called Rough Demos. Um, and you are a friend of mine, and your name is Dear Quentin. You are a fellow musician. I met you in New York City. I guess it was about, maybe at this point, it was pre-COVID. So two, yeah. three years ago, something like that. I believe it was Rockwood Music Hall. Yes. And uh, yeah, so other than me saying you're a musician, I'll let you say a little bit about yourself and we'll see where that takes us. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Dear Quentin, like Brad said. Um, I'm a musician, an artist, overall creator, audio engineer, um, lover, simp, dreamer. <laughs> That's all me. <laughs> when I met you, I don't think you had any music out on Spotify. Is that true? Did you take some kind of a break? Um, so the story with with that, um, I've actually been doing music for a very long time, but um, since moving to New York, I did stop a while. Um, I've only recently started again releasing music, and I think that was around 2019. Um, I put out a single, put it out, and then took it down, and then put out <laughs> newer stuff. Um, but yeah, I in 19, I was just starting again. Okay. So what was your was your music similar uh, back then to what it is now? Not at all. I started out as a rapper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was a very hardcore rapper. Some oh no way. Some things yeah. Some things are still out on the interwebs. Um, they're like various rap names of mine. Um, if you Google Embez Pierre, you'll find a, a plethora of rap songs. Um, but that kind of evolved into singing and the more melodic stuff that I do now. Um, the thing is, I've always wanted to, to sing. Um, I was doing it in church, but I never had the guts to. And then, I, I don't know, just growing older and experiencing uh, certain things just led me to um, sort of communicate my emotions through actual song rather than right. like rap lyrics. Um, so that's how that came about. You're a great singer. I honestly had uh -huh. no idea that you were a rapper before that. So what was uh, the thanks. what was what was the change that happened? Was it was it you were doing rap because you didn't feel like you know you could be a singer, or you just uh, what what happened? Um, so I started rapping when I was 19, and it was um, actually like a dare um, between <laughs> some of the friends that I had at the time, because they were all like rappers, you know, like black kids growing up in the South, like everybody wants to aspire to be like a rapper or like, you know, a basketball player. That's that's what we did. So like all of my friends were like musicians and then um, they didn't think I could. So that's kind of mm. how the rapping started. And then I was like, oh shit, like I'm actually, good at this um, <laughs> so I just continued to rap and then that turned into a mixtape and that turned into like shows back home in Florida um, but it, it was never really a passion of mine because it was never really my actual personality mm. um, like I said singing is something that I've always 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 wanted to do and I think it was just um, rapping allowed me to uh, learn how to put words and and, and cadence together to construct a song. And, you know, that's why we have the songs that I have now because of rap, because of that sort of practice of like wordplay and, and songwriting. Um, so definitely um, 
the foundation of all of my songs. Right. Rap, so, yeah. so when did you move to New York? Or I guess, why did you move to New York? And did that have any influence on uh, your music? Um, I moved to New York in about 2013, I believe. Um, like I said, I took a break. So, so I'm from Florida. Right. In Florida, I was um, heavy into music like I was performing. A lot like I'm, I'm doing currently, but I was performing a lot, um, recording a lot, met some people, and I was sort of like a big fish in a little pond. So hmm. New York was like the move to like, you know, meet other creatives and <clears throat> sort of like spread my wings, so to speak. Um, but when I got here, um, you know, I actually came out like a year later. Um, and then I started having all this like self-doubt, like, oh, I can't be like a, a gay rapper. So then I just like stopped um, and then pursued other creative endeavors. Like I went to art school, um, I went to acting school and music took a back seat um, for about, I wanna say four years um, until 2019, um, you yeah, know, I picked it back up, so. Hmm. Well, that I guess that's a good, uh, maybe introduction to this next question. If you were looking at music 10, 15, 20 years ago, something like that, there was always this sort of deadline um, if you wanted to really make it. And yeah. what I mean by that is like there was always this uh, this set time period. You know, you have to make it by 27 or else, yeah. you know, no one's going to want to sign you. And that, that did happen to a lot of people um, back then. But, you know, you've been able to take a break and actually have sort of like almost two even though i guess it was sort of a short career but you've had multiple careers at this point and it's almost just getting better is that something you ever think about um so being signed to a major record label label um is a lot different than it was um like 10 or even 15 years ago right i think now um labels look more so to popularity rather than actual talent and that's not to take away from anyone who you know signs to a major label because i'm sure they worked hard to get there but you know it's a lot <clears throat> different now um i literally just had a birthday and shortly after my birthday i um cried because like i i have a lot of i'm a very passionate person so i have a lot of um i have a lot of will inside of me and um there's a lot of things that i want to do and society says oh like you're this age you are too old to do this but i see countless amounts of people on the internet TikTok specifically um just blowing up and it doesn't really like their age really doesn't matter like i don't think listeners nowadays actually really care about that and um that's just an old ideal that um, I have trouble letting go of because it really doesn't matter how old you are. It just mm. matters. Like, what are you bringing? What are you saying? Can you connect with people? Um, and can you hold attention? Um, and I think that's what it comes down to. Right. I, I think it's sort of like, it's almost impossible to do anything before, you know, you're almost 30 at this point, because honestly, it takes so much time to go out and develop on your own while at the same time supporting yourself, making sure you can survive and eat and uh, mm -hmm. all of those things. I mean, that stuff takes a lot of time. So it just, it feels like a much longer road, which in the end, I think really pays off for 
for people like you and you can obviously hear it in your music it's you come across as someone i remember um i was listening to your music i think you may have had maybe three songs on spotify at the time but i think it was actually two <clears throat> excuse me and i remember listening to one of your songs and thinking like this just sounds like something like i can tell this is not only a person who's talented but this is someone who really has their own style going on and i don't mm. know it hasn't you know you haven't been signed yet not that that's you know the the ultimate goal obviously but I could just tell at that point that like, oh, this is someone who really has an idea of what they're doing. Somebody spent a lot of time figuring out who they are as an artist. Yeah, yeah no, that is um, exactly right. I think because, you know, when in the early years of me making music, like I've had friends who've signed to major record labels and who have gotten dropped. Mm -hmm. um, I have one friend in particular, I haven't spoken to him in a while, but he was signed to um, a major label and he currently only has about 300 sp monthly Spotify listeners. So that right. just goes to show like, it really doesn't matter. Um, but I appreciate my beginnings in rap and I appreciate where I am now because not only was I not ready for those sort of <laughs> opportunities back then? I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. And right. now that I'm a little bit more seasoned, I have actual stories to tell and, uh, you know, experiences to share. Because, you know, as a 22-year-old kid, you don't really... I mean, it's very rare because some younger people do go through things. But it's very rare that a 22-year-old knows about, like... Um, you know, heart like real heartbreak and, mm. and like real loss. Like it's um, it's very rare. Um, but now I have like actual things to share and and um, actually like I engineer all of my own music, so I like I know how to have it sound more polished now. Like before, like listening to my stuff in like 2010 doesn't compare to the stuff this year like you know like everything in time and i feel like um the universe god knows exactly what your timing is so mm. i'm very appreciative of that even though i still have you know um these voices in my head saying like oh like you should have been here like <laughs> in in time like everything happens in divine time so um i thoroughly believe in that and until whatever is supposed to happen um, I'll just continue to make music and continue to get better, um, even if that means I don't get recognition until I'm 50. <laughs> you know, right, it, right. it happens when it's supposed to happen. So, yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about your music. What would you call your music if you have to call it something? Uh, it's definitely R&B with a hip hop flair. That's exactly mm. it describes me perfectly. Um, Aaliyah meets Jay-Z, I guess. <laughs> so it's a uh, it's it's definitely um the lines between the two um are definitely blurred because that's you know what i am that's what i was raised in, and that's what i want to communicate mm, so that's the sort of stuff you listen to when you're growing up yeah absolutely and i still listen to a lot of old 90s r&b and hip-hop music a lot of janet jackson mm. a lot of sade a lot of jay-z a lot of um just black music you know like right very urban R&B, um, sexy music. And, you know, that's 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 what I want to create. That's the ultimate goal 
is to communicate love, sex, and just uh, intimacy and, and like all around intimacy, you know, like um, vulnerability with emotion and, you know, um, whether that's in a fast song like Love You Down or in a slower song like my song Pull Up. Um, those I think those are two examples of like the various, uh, I don't know, spectrums um, that I go between. You know, it's either like rap singing or full on singing. So what's the creative process like for you then? Do you have one particular process that you use? Is it different every time? Um, I think it varies. Um, I do a lot of, it starts with a lot of self-doubt. It starts uh, with me fighting myself on various ideas. <laughs> Sometimes I, um, I sit back and do nothing and then keep listening to whatever the production, you know, that was sent to me is, is what that has going on. And then um, once that's all done, all the tears are dry and, you know, <laughs> uh, I start mumbling things. I record like 500 voice notes on my phone and um, then I go to my studio and record the mumbles and then um, those mumbles eventually turn into words and then I'll, I'll do that until I at least get either the first verse or a hook. Um, certain songs, the verse comes first, certain songs, the, the chorus comes first. It really depends. Um, but I, I have no set formula. It's God. It's, it's just me sitting there waiting on words to come to me. I, I never go in with like, okay, I want to write about this because this just happened to me. Even though I try to do that, it never, it never happens that way. I literally come up with things right there. Like I'm actually working with this producer now who's in California and we've been working together on creating um, like a very Dear Quentin specific sound. Mm. And we put together a demo like two weeks ago. So I've been sitting with this, with this rough draft of this production um, for some time and I keep going back and forth and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I just texted him yesterday. I was like, Hey, like let's meet again because <coughs> I, I, I'm not connecting with this and I probably won't connect with it until I'm actually in a studio, like with an actual microphone, like with the whole setup ready to go. Cause then I can like pace back and forth, mumble words, go in there. Like, I don't know, just the energy is there. I can't, I don't write music. Um, if like my studio date is too far out, like mm. if that makes any sense. I just, I just go in there and whatever happens happens. And that sounds kind of cliche, like, you know, but I, I just let it, I let it come through and, and, you know, record that way. And sometimes songs take a week to record and or write. Sometimes songs take 10 minutes to record and write. It just, it really depends. So you've put out singles up until this point, I believe, right? right. Um, do you have a plan at this point for what you're going to put out and how you're going to put it out? Or are you just sort of putting songs out when they come to you and just waiting till the next one comes? Are you planning to do an EP, a full album? Um, I know that's, you know, uh, something that not not too many people think about uh, at this point in time because of TikTok and Spotify and all that. But Yeah, everything is fast food. Everything just goes fast. Um, yeah. I have tons of songs. Um, I've actually been working with an independent label on distribution and publishing. 
and I've actually completed an EP, but um, I was advised not to move forward because my fan base is so small. Mm. Um, I feel like if you put out a body of work, um, it's, it's, it's great, but in order to get the max amount of listeners, you want to already have sort of like some sort of pull because otherwise it just, it just falls on deaf ears. Um, right. So I, I, I like right now, like I have a song ready to go that I'm waiting to shoot a video for. Um, and then I have another song, like I have songs that are sort of like locked and loaded, but, um, I'm just sort of waiting on, uh, the right time to put it out. And, 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 you know, maybe that's not the best approach because things are moving so fast. Like why not just put out a song on TikTok and whatever? Um, because my fan base is still small, like it doesn't really matter. So, but to answer your question, yes, there is a plan. Um, there always is a plan, but sometimes right. maybe you don't need one. Yeah. I think, I think that's something that, so I, I often get this. I don't know if you do, if you get this as well, but when people, you know, hear that you musician today, I think a lot of people have this idea that because the, um, because the world of music has become so attainable for so many people. And by that, I mean, it's become possible to make music in your bedroom and put it out and build an audience. But I think that reality is actually much different than people realize. And the reason I'm saying this is because of what you just said. Um, you said that, you know, at this point in time, you've been advised, you have this great body of work, and it might not be the proper time to put something out. And so um, or, or, to, or to put that particular body of work out. But right. so I think I at least have gotten this often, which is like, you know, the, the great music, if you just put it out, the audience will just, you know, sort of find it. I really think music nowadays is, um, is more so maybe 80% popularity and then, you know, 20% talent. Right. Um, and I, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing because music is, is very social, but I'm not a social person. I'm I'm very, very, very quiet and and very um, private, and I don't I don't know if that's the best mix. If you really want to go far in being a musician, I know there are ways, but like you know, people like Kendrick Lamar and this artist that I follow, Monsoon, I feel like can't afford can afford to be sort of mysterious right. because they have built a fan base. Um, but for me, it's just like, and Brad, you know, we've had this conversation before. <laughs> like I am not a fan of social media and I'm not a fan of everybody knowing my every move. Like right. I just kind of want to get on there. Hi, I have this new song. Here's what it's about. Let's talk about it. But like, I don't want to say, hey, like I just had a fight with my significant other and here I am crying on camera about it. Like that is a lot. And that is terrifying to me to be that open. But then to play devil's advocate, I think, um, you know, this industry does require that, especially nowadays. Mm -hmm. People do want to know every single breath you take and they want it on camera and they want it as soon as you do it. <laughs> so it's, it, it, I don't know. I just feel like, where does it go? Like, what is it for? And, and for like 10 years down, down the line, like, is your music still going to hold weight? Or right. are you just using music to get to a, another place? Mm. Or are you just using music for right now to support your family, which is fine. 
but like for the people who actually, you know, have a passion for it, like, where do they go? Do they just end up in the background, just making music for themselves for the rest of them for the rest of their lives? Like that's that's the things that I think about, and I, and I struggle between, you know, feeding into the hype of like doing these silly TikTok videos or posting more, and then stopping, and then it becomes inconsistent because like on one hand I feel like, damn, like if they only heard my music, then I could just like retain them as a fan, but on the other end I'm like like you, like you said earlier, like if they like it, then they like it. I don't, I shouldn't have to do anything, but like, it's, it's about like marrying the two. Um, and, and I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. That's been the most challenging part. It's, it's putting my music to market. And it seems like the market is popularity. It is true. Like I, I think that they almost don't plan on having uh, listens on a song that they're advertising like six months from now. They just know that they'll do the same thing again in another six months. And uh, it, that, I mean, that is a talent in itself, but it's like the industry has right. become so good at that. At some mm -hmm. point, is like, are we just, you know, now with, with, with the TikTok thing and songs only sort of mattering for, you know, five to 30 seconds probably, Will that be, you know, where it ends up going? Where they're just advertising that that small little audio clip? It's something that I think about. And that's 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 what I'm saying. Like there 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 has to be um, a happy medium because if that works, what does that say about the people who are consuming the music and the right. people who are fans of this? Like it's it's obviously doing its thing because people are into it and people are like have such short attention spans and I don't want to be that artist who like complains like oh my gosh like I love music and I'm just creating my music like I think out of all the research that I do music is a business and you sort of have to feed the machine until you can sort of like cut through all the noise because that's what it takes like you have to cut through the noise by doing something and that's what I struggle with as an independent artist. Um, and like I said before, I'm working with this label, but I don't hear from them. I think the last time I spoke to them was in February of this right. year. Um, it's only like they only care to um, sort of pitch in when they see that a, a specific song is doing numbers. And I'll tell hmm. you this, like um, I released my song Special um, and pull up under them. Pull up was uh, playlisted by Spotify. Um, I got a text message from them. Oh, you're doing this many streams, and it's only been out for a couple days. And I was like, oh shit, that's cool. But then my song Forever Thing that I independently released under no label, just me, dear Quentin, did 52. I think it's at mm. 52,000 streams, and that was editorially playlisted as well. But that just for some reason had a longer reach. It's on TikTok. A couple people made videos about it. Right. Um, blogs wrote about it. Um, so I, it, it just really depends. And, and I didn't do any sort of like gimmicks for that song. Like I didn't, you know, I posted and, and I made a couple of like, you know, um, I don't know, like short 10 second videos. But um, I don't know, you just never know what pops. Right. Um, I don't know. What's the partnership like between you and that label? Um, so they handle publishing and distribution. So it's fully based on 
my discretion. I am under contract with them, but um, I'm, I'm basically free and I can work with other labels if I choose to do so. But let's say I record a song and I want to release it under that label. I contact them and say, hey, I have this song, like, you know, let's work together. So they'll say, okay, cool. They'll either say, we like this song or not so much, it needs work. But if they like the song, I'll have to send them all the stems. Um, the song goes through their distributor. Um, and honestly, they'll probably give me like a couple posts on their Instagram. Okay. Um, and that's really much it. Like I, they're not really hands-on. Um, we'll have calls every now and again, and they'll give me advice on things, you know, i.e. The, the EP being held um, and stuff like that. But um, everything that I do, either with them or outside of them, um, has been because of the research I've done independently. Like all of my artwork I do on my own, thank you art school <laughs> and, and, and all of the marketing that you know I know how to do has been because of my own research and it's always after the fact like hey like I'm planning like I'll tell them I'm planning to to do this and they'll say yeah we think that's a good idea because or no we don't think that's a good idea because but they always leave it up to me like I could have released that EP but um, they had a point so I decided to go with them so you know it it, it, it all really depends um, the only thing that um, it's not really a negative thing, but the only thing that I kind of don't like is that um, I sort of have to hand over some rights right. to them. Um, of like, course. Like my song, Pull Up, like they own a portion of that. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, and the song, the, the song that I released before, Love You Down, Forever Thing, the one that did 50-something thousand streams, um, I released on my own and I got to keep all of that. And right. I actually pitched that song to them and they told me not to release it. So, you know, it, it really depends. So mm. I ended up releasing that song on my own and it, it did really well. So, yeah, I think you like, you know, you just said it. I think you never know what's going to connect, what's going to hit. Um, yeah. Do you, did most of that and most of those streams come from? playlists or did they come from your fans and if they did come from playlists how many of those people did you retain was it a large portion so i started my spotify before for everything i had 65 followers right now i think i have 152 and that's still very small but it's a lot more than 65 yeah so i got editorially playlisted and from that playlist i got on a lot of sub playlists in spotify and then i ended up on discover weekly oh man and spotify radio and then the song just spread and then i have like people hitting me up on instagram <laughs> like oh i heard the song on spotify like i love it whatever um so it just kind of organically spread because people just like the song um and i thought like in my head before i even got editorially playlisted i thought when you get playlisted by spotify your world changes and then right right like, right contact you and just like you're just like damn like it's happening but no <laughs> that is not the case um pull up was uh editorially like playlisted by spotify and i had a couple people hit me up but it's still all about money it's like okay we can do this for you like you know here's our package like for a thousand dollars we'll pitch you to this label i'm like okay like damn like so you really can do nothing but make music and and things that are supposed to happen, 
you know, just happened. But, you know, getting playlisted is not the all and all. Like, it's just getting playlisted that it is what it is. You just have to keep going and, and just making music. And, you know, there it is. You sort of have to have this mentality that you're going to do it whether people are there or not. Or Absolutely. else you start to, you know, like I said before, do things you wouldn't do in your right state of mind. You don't do them for the right reason. But, you know, just to keep yourself sane. I think you just have Absolutely. to do things in spite of whatever's going on. Yeah. That that stuff, that it, it's, it, it's, it's waves. And um, that's why I don't, like you said, I don't feed into it either because people can love you and forget about you in the same instance yes and that's a that's a very scary thing so whenever i'm handling social media um it may take me a while to respond to people who are are in that like general section or that request section in my instagram inbox because whether or not you're complimenting the music i can't i can't look at it and have it boost me because then it's like there's this false sort of like confidence that I get from that when that could easily, you know, disappear. So I try not to get wrapped up in, in, in any compliments because, you know, I know it's like, it's fleeting. You know? mm. Is the industry anything like what you thought it was going to be like when you were growing up? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I rather tell you, I have always had this dream to be, behind or I'm sorry in front of a camera doing what I do I, I remember when I was young I used to record music videos and learn the dances I was on a dance team in church I was performing in my school talent shows all this stuff I always wanted this but now you know from actually doing it it's real it is real and when I say real I mean like you have to make it happen yes. you create the magic and and I in my head I thought like oh make a good song and then someone will discover me and make me this big star no it's you you have to 1000% believe everything that you're doing or else it won't work and just you know being a creative and an emotional person I sway back and forth between how much I believe in what I do and how much you know confidence I have in it um, because I know now that no one is going to do it for you labels come to you when you're already what you thought they were going to make you right like, labels come to you when you have 10,000 followers or so on on Instagram or across social media when you're constantly just like in people's faces that's when the things happen um so no it's not at all what I thought it was gonna be mm. um you know when I started the funny thing is and um I I so I work in art direction um, and you know graphic design. So um, years ago, I worked for Billboard, and um, I was like their senior designer <coughs> there. And I had direct access to like contacts from record labels. And there's so many times that I had this person's email from like Atlantic Records, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh, I'm gonna send them my song," but like obviously a conflict of interest and. Billboard, I would never do that. I have never done that. But like, I, I like it, it was right there, and I feel like you know, um, you know. Obviously, I don't work for that company anymore, but I held on to those contacts. Um, of course, which probably changed by now. But um, I feel like that was kind of like the easy way out, and I feel like 
even if I did do that, um, they would still have to like it or they would, even if they did like it, they would check out my socials and say, oh, he has yes. only 1300 followers and, you know, That's right. moving on. Music now, I feel like is, is uh, very much compared to junk food, like a bag of chips. Like, you know, it's like easy to get, easy to consume, and then it's gone within the next minute and then you get another bag and then another bag and then... You know, it's just like very, I don't know, music itself nowadays in 2022 is fleeting. Like there's very few artists who are great and that's what I want to be. I know that's what you want to be. Like I do want to be Beyonce, you know, right. I want to be that level of great. And I don't think that's going to happen um, by, you know, like these I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just going to retract that statement because like maybe it could. I don't know. But I don't I don't think greatness is achieved by constant social media interactions and, 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 and um, you know, being popular. I think greatness is achieved by really putting blood, sweat and tears into one song and building that song and having every single song be better than the previous song and um, being a great performer, like knowing how to put together your set, knowing how to um, art direct your brand, knowing how to do all these things, I think is what makes a great artist. Um, and that's that's what I wanna be. And I don't, I don't really care how long that takes. I think someone like you who's doing something and you really care about connecting with your audience, I think that's how people stick around. And those yeah. 150 people that you mentioned before they're really there for the right reasons and so right. it does i think grow over time but it takes a long time absolutely yeah but i, I think those are the those are the best that's the best kind of success when it when it like simmers you, you let it simmer and then by the time it's finished it's finished it's not some like half-baked sort of like oh i didn't expect my song to blow up now i don't know what to do yeah, I did expect my song to blow up and I'm prepared for this moment. I know who I am as an artist. I know what kind of music I wanna make. I know what kind of sound I wanna make. I know the messages I wanna communicate. And I think that's where I'm at currently. And um, it took a little minute to get here and I'm glad it did. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm glad it did, so. Yeah, that time is valuable. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about your EP. Um, you said, obviously you haven't released it. Right. What is your? Do you have a set uh, a set time period in mind, or is it the amount of streams or followers you want to have before you do that, or are you just when you feel like the time is right, will you do it? Yeah, it's a little mix uh, between those. Um, I I, I want to wait until I feel like the time is right, even though that sounds very vague. But you'll know. Like <laughs> um, I I I would like to have more of a following before I put out a full project. Um, I would also like to have more videos under my belt mm. um, before I put out something full length. Um, like I said, I did do an EP. It's finished, um, but you know, obviously, I was advised not to not to move forward with it. But um, the songs from that EP um, will trickle down, you know, as singles right. um, this year. Oh, you know, okay. A little bit of next okay. year. Um, so. I just want to like make sure I'm coming correct 
And um, in that, you know, out of all the sort of YouTube videos I watched on independent artists, you know, um, waiting until the time is right and how not to do that, um, I feel like it's important because the industry is so fast and you don't want to like do something prematurely that you're not ready for that you you can't follow up. So I just want to make sure like I'm 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 doing this the right way. To have that sort of confidence is also a very difficult thing to do and that sort of level of you knowing who you are, knowing what you're capable of and what you bring to the table and who you can be. If that's in the that's something you can only wait if you know, and that's in the back of your mind at all times, because if you flinch for a second and do something at the wrong time, it's just sort of this like flash in the pan and it does nothing. Yeah. But if you, yeah. you know, like you said, if you have an audience and you're like, oh, these people don't even realize like what's about yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, what's coming to them in a few months. Like that's a, that's a, yeah. that's a powerful person right there. Yeah. Yeah. I really I, I follow um, Victoria Monet is is a really talented singer R and B singer and I follow her and she's really strategic and really smart about how she releases music I think she signed under Platoon I could be I could be wrong but um, she does have backing but she is a person who um, seems to do it herself and seems to um, produce all of her own videos like her music is very like in-house um so she's definitely someone i sort of take note from while i'm i'm doing my own thing on this end um she's very calculated and and I, i'd like to be calculated and sure of a release and not only sure of that release but like like you said like a follow-up release like what what's next because people you know oh this song is cool what's next mm -hmm. so i just have to be sure to have like you know sort of like roll out really quickly i'd like to talk about you know um anxiety mm. <laughs> and i think you and i had a long conversation through instagram dms about my, yeah. my fear of performing and um it's a very real thing for me i remember i had a show at ludlow house and before the show i was freaking out after the show i cried if you can't tell by now i am a crier i'm very in touch with my <laughs> emotions um and I cried after that show because I didn't necessarily get the response that I was looking for um, because Ludlow House is a very specific crowd and I'm used to sort of like, like my shows are very high energy and I'm used to the crowd feeding off of that, which they normally do. But this particular show, it was more like loungy. Um, so right before that show and every show, I get super nauseous. I mean, like to the point where I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to drink anything. Hmm. Uh, it's just it's 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 a it's an overwhelming feeling of a mix between excitement and extreme fear, and that all goes away when I start to do my thing. But like the moments up until they introduce me, I am freaking the fuck out. Like I cannot <laughs> function. Um, like if I if if someone called me and said, "Hey, like I have a show." that I want you to be a part of next week. I will be thinking of that until next week happens, until the moment I step on stage and I will be pacing 
and I will be super nervous. And um, I know that like, you know, to, an, to an extent that's, that's normal, but um, I just wanted to ask you, like, you know, again, what do you do to remedy that? Mm. Like, and, and, and as singers, I think the nerves affect your voice too. Like, oh, yeah. how, do you, how are you able to control and hit certain notes when you're nervous? Well, to talk a little bit, maybe more specifically about our Instagram conversation was like, you know, me having this perspective that whatever happens in that room, it just exists in that room. And I know obviously people have phones and they can record and things like that, but you know, how many people does that end up reaching anyway? But the point is, even if they go home and tell somebody about it, they only know a certain number of people and those people only know a certain number of people and they only are on this earth for a certain period of time. So, you know, even if I had to think about it that way, it made me feel better about it. Like, it really does not have much impact on the world as a whole. Like, there's a lot more important things going on than, yeah. than what I'm doing and what these, like, this is all great, right? Like, the situation that y you and I in the grand scheme of this world and some of the terrible things that go on. And, you know, we don't talk about politics in this podcast because I think those are separate, you know, worlds. But um, to be even in this position, to be able to entertain people and people can go home and they get home safely and they have a great time. And even if they didn't, is like, it's still a win. It's still, uh, you know, you're still getting to do one of the coolest things that, um, you know, you could possibly do. There's so many people who would love to be in that position. Um, I'm someone who, f fortunately, at this point, doesn't have those nerves. And I think I just, yeah, I, I, it is, it was a long road, but I just kind of just forced myself to just get through it, and it was not easy. Yeah, I, I would, I would put all of my nervous energy into rehearsals. I would obsessively rehearse over and over and over again. So I, I, I normally perform with an electric guitar player. Okay. And um, sometimes we'd rehearse together, but if he can't make it, I would book a room and just rehearse myself. And that, you know, even though it is obsessive, that sort of puts me at ease too. Like, you know, I have an idea of what's gonna happen. So sink or swim, I did what I was supposed to do. So that, that you know, that, that kind of helps me a bit. But I think, like you said, I think you've obviously performed a lot more than I have. Um, you know, I, I, I've performed in Florida, I've performed in New York, um, but I want to get to that place where the excitement is is more, like I feel the excitement more than the nerves, mm. you know. Um, I, I, think, I think we have this, we have this idea of, Obviously, you care a ton about what you do. And so in your head, the way that you're going to connect with people is through you being the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So ultimately, that's what worries you is making sure that you hit all the right notes. You perform yeah. exactly the way that you know you can. But Absolutely. the connection does not come out of perfection always. And so when you get the idea of being perfect out of your head and you just focus on connecting with people... It's almost yeah. like that that fear that you had sort of goes away because, like I said, you were focused on like, oh, am I going to hit all these notes right? Am I going to remember? It's about you being up there, and you being vulnerable, and and being open, and and uh, and just connecting with people. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's something that helps too. Yeah, and I, I, you know, Brad, I think you 
are um, very talented in doing that. When I saw you at um, Rock Hall, Rock Hall? Yeah, Rockwood, um, yeah. Rockwood, yeah. I was amazed by how you could just have your voice and an acoustic guitar just sitting there and have everyone quiet. That room was quiet and they were all very attentive and listening to what you were saying and that's what drew me in like it, mm. that that is a gift to be able to do that without all of the the bells and whistles just very stripped down and um that's something i was amazed by and and i admired when i saw your show so Thank i definitely you. aspire to to you know get to that position for I, sure i appreciate that i don't I never want to hide behind my own production. And yeah. so I never want to lean into that when I'm writing anything. And so anytime I write something before it gets recorded, like I, I go and I play it live with absolutely nothing behind it because my thinking is that if it doesn't connect with, um, you know, that production that could be fantastic over it, then it's not going to connect with that production on it because what people are going to connect going to connect to is the song. So I feel like if they connect to it with nothing, you know, no bass, no drums, no, uh, you know, synth or piano or whatever, and they just yeah. connect to the song and the melody of it, like you can always build on that. But I feel like you can't strip away things that really rely on, you know, having to hear the full version. And so that's just kind of my you know, wanting to be a songwriter who's like, I felt like I, I felt like I relied on my voice for so long to be, you know, just, just focus on this because I can kind of hit notes. I can have a powerful voice. I can have a, you know, more quiet voice. And it was like, I almost wanted to be like, just for, forget about that and just pay attention to the songs and what they're saying. And, uh, so yeah, that's that's really where that comes from. But again, I, yeah. I really appreciate that. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd like to, you know, um, give you a sort of shameless plug here. Sure. <laughs> so um, I am I'll be shooting um, a music video in August for a new song that's coming out um, either before then, before August, like the end of July or after August, after the video is done. <laughs> okay. um, I'm really proud of this song. We have live um, trumpets on there. Huh. And um, the song is really great, I think so. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited to create a visual um, and put that song out and see what the world thinks. And uh, performing it will be... A doozy it's it's um sort of up-tempo like love you down the one mm. that i released in april so yeah. um yeah i'm excited for that so that's great it. thank you for being here i really appreciate it and Thanks i uh, yeah no problem like i said you were somebody that i wanted on here that's why you're the fourth guest it's been really great and uh who knows how many views we'll get on this or how many plays we'll get on this but yeah. i'm gonna do my best to advertise it um, All right. So yeah, thanks for being here, and I guess that's the unofficial end of podcast number four. Thank you everybody for listening, okay. and we'll see you in the next one. All right.